We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 346. Today's episode is presented by LiveEck, which is awesome because today we have the founder of LiveEck on as our guest. She started the app out of necessity when she was looking for a community of her own when she got back into riding in her 20s. LiveEck really allows equestrians of all backgrounds an easier way to find opportunities that fit their unique riding journey and, you know, really meet them where they are, especially for people like me who took four years off during college and it was like the industry changed completely. In an industry that's, you know, long operated by word of mouth and who knows who, LiveEck is really here to give horse enthusiasts everywhere access to the community around them. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Anne Hawkins. Hi, Anne. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. It's nice to chat with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me how you first got started in the horse world. So I, like uh, most of the listeners, probably got started at a pretty young age uh, by my mom. Uh, My mom grew up riding and uh, gave my sister and I the opportunity to go to horse summer camp when we were really, really young and just absolutely fell in love with it, fell in love with this white uh, little pony named Judy and been a avid rider ever since. That's awesome. I love it. Um, Did you ever take a break? Have you been riding ever since? What did your younger years into adulthood kind of look like? I definitely took a break as a young adult. I rode growing up. My parents uh, did actually bite the bullet and buy us a horse when we reached that age where we kind of outgrew the ponies. Uh, So they bought us an off-track thoroughbred to ride in the hunters uh, of all disciplines, which was you know, a choice. He didn't, he didn't love it, but he was relatively patient with it. Um, I ended up taking him into the jumpers, competed with him in that and had a, a great young career with him. And then, you know, once I was on my own, uh, in my early twenties started entering the workforce, you know, having to move for career stuff like that, and just could not find a place to ride, um, something that I could afford, you know, a horse, a stable, and all that kind of stuff. So I was sort of forced into a hiatus definitely at that point. Right. What was your experience like getting back into the equestrian space? It was really challenging and I'll say probably mentally and emotionally defeating. Um, you know, I was trying to get to the point where I was making a decent salary, um, working, you know, corporate career in marketing and, you know, your starting salary at that age in, in your career is, you know, not a lot and it's right. certainly sports money, you know? So that, you know, affordability aspect was a huge challenge, but the other big challenge was being in new cities and not knowing anyone, not having any friends, let alone any friends in the horse world, it was close to impossible to find a place to ride. I spent a lot of nights just Googling barns, stables, Mm -hmm. just like horses in, you know, X city and landing on some websites, some like Facebook pages I hadn't been updated on 
time, lots of phone calls, text messages that weren't returned. Um, and, you know, on the flip side, when I did finally get to a stable, you know, a lot of what I heard from them was like, yeah, there's just so much communication coming at me on a daily basis that it's hard for me to even get back to people. So on just all angles, it was, um, it was really, really challenging and left me feeling, you know, pretty, pretty sad. And, you know, without that thing that I love so much. So right. it was a big challenge. Definitely. I know trying to find an equestrian community inspired you to find a way for maybe others in a similar position to have better access to opportunities in the horse world, even to the general population of horse lovers. So why do you feel like from from this situation and then kind of spreading it out to others, why is access to riding so important and and kind of at first so hard to come by for people who like love horses, right? It should it should be a no-brainer, like kind of with any other lifestyle or sport. It's kind of, you know, fairly easy if you if you love the activity, um, that it's usually pretty readily available. So why do you feel like that's not or hasn't been the case in this sport? I started looking into this quite a bit when I was experiencing those challenges myself. Um, I really had a had an emotional and mental impact on me being without it. And I was running, I was mountain biking, I was doing other things physically, and I was engaging in, you know, you can say other other sports quite a bit, but I still felt this really huge gap from missing horses. And um, now, you know, that I've uh, started my company, and I've kind of, you know, been diving into things on that end, I've had time to <laughs> sit down and take a look at it. And I think what a lot of us, uh, especially those of us who have been riding since we were kids, don't realize is there are quite a bit of mental health, I'll say vitamins, <laughs> that you get from being exposed to horses, uh, grooming them, uh, just working with them, and of course, riding them uh, that we may not be really conscious about all the time. There is a study that the National Institute of Health uh, published in May of 2020 and they studied about 2,600 riders uh, at a horse show and surveyed people online to really dig into, you know, what are the mental and physical health benefits that you get from horseback riding? And out of all of the questions uh, the study asked, participants really noted these top five common benefits. And all of them were in the mental health category, wow. even though they were asked about the physical health benefits as well. The top five most commonly answered, yes, this is why I do it. We're all mental health based. Um, so again, it's just things that we're getting on this daily basis with horses. There's such a huge impact on that. And when you're missing it, you're going to feel it, whether or not you have that direct tie of, oh, this is because I've been away from my horse for three weeks, or, oh, this is because I moved and I can't find a barn, right. whatever the situation may be, there's going to be a drop in your dopamine levels. There's going to be those drops that you're going to kind of feel that are going to impact you. Um, definitely those of us who have been riding since we were kids, there are a lot of, there's a lot of studies around this in the autism community in particular because of the therapy and the great work that's going on there. But if you just look at children as a whole, the benefits that, that they get riding a lot of like go, no go response development, things like, you know, I should take action now. I should refrain kind of help building up that self-control, that confidence that we get as adult riders, you know, there's so much impact there. And when you miss it, you're really, really going to feel it. And so 
I do just feel that if you're in that position, it's so important to try and get yourself back exposed to horses in Mm -hmm. any capacity. And if you can get into a riding position, great. And at the end of the day, that's, that's why we're here. That's why I created this company. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously all of these challenges definitely, I'm sure inspired you to create LiveEck. Tell us more about the app and what kind of what it does. Yeah. So LiveEck is a free app for basically all equestrians, anyone who loves horses Uh, We've compiled uh, some sections in there so you can find horses that are for sale or for lease. You can find trainers, stables, jobs, and events. And all of those uh, categories are highly filterable. So you can filter by affordability. You can filter by the discipline that you ride in. Um, On stables, we're actually just releasing amenities. So you can filter by do they have a bathroom or is there air conditioning if you're, you know, in Florida, let's say, and kind of need that AC on a, on a regular basis. So uh, that is what the app does uh, fundamentally. The passion behind it, obviously, is just opening up this horse world to everyone who wants it, making it easy to jump on an app and say, okay, I'm looking for a new place to ride, but I can only afford $800 a month and board, or I'm looking for a new place to ride and budget is not an issue, but I want to find a trainer who excels in this really, you know, uh, highly sophisticated discipline. Any of those uh, problems we want to be able to solve for in the equestrian world. Definitely. And you likely experienced this when you were looking to get back into horses, but what are, what would you say are the biggest barriers for people looking to connect more with the equestrian world? The top three barriers, and actually these were listed in that study that I mentioned as well. The top three barriers are it costs too much, uh, takes up too much of my time, (laughs) and there are too few places to participate in, or I can't find a place to participate in the Mm -hmm. sport. Um, And we are really here to solve two out of three of those challenges. I can't give anyone more time in the day. You know, I wish that was something that I could do. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, we can, we can help with Uh, at least, you know, helping you find places that fit that affordability level, if that's your need. Um, And then we can also help you, you know, find the place to go. So I feel like from looking at the app myself, it's pretty comprehensive. I mean, helping people find anything from lessons to sale and lease horses, jobs in the industry. Why did you feel like it was so important to bring all of these different parts of the equestrian world in one place? I think it just rounds out the journey that we're all on and allows people to quickly find what they need. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. There are a lot of websites and things that help you sell horses. There are, you know, tons of classified websites, there's Mm -hmm. marketplaces, stuff that, that we don't do. Right. Uh, So we're not necessarily, you know, creating something that, you know, didn't exist, but some of these things existed in silos. So, you know, the websites where you can sell a horse are kind of over there. Then maybe there's a small marketplace that has, you know, some stables listed on it over here, but everything was really disparate and you have to do a lot of work to find those things and even really know that they exist. 
So really wanted to throw everything in one place. You sign up for the app, you get in there and then it's, you know, you can find your horse, find your stable, find your trainer, go to an event and (laughs) just, just get on with riding. Right. I think uh, there's obviously like a flip side of the coin with live Eck and being a professional myself, you can also, it's, it's a space that I guess would be a, like a really useful tool for professionals uh, to find different people and horses and things like that. So how have you kind of built the app to be beneficial to barns and trainers? We wanted the profiles for both barns and trainers to look really nice and to best showcase the services that they provide. I have worked with a lot of young trainers in my time, uh, people who are extremely talented and just kind of getting off the ground with, you know, like making that leap and like, Ooh, I'm going to lease a barn. I'm going to, you know, start building this barn family. And there's so much overhead involved as a barn manager or a trainer who's getting started. Um, and I just have a lot of, uh, empathy for those folks and want to help them along. One of the things that I think they could use some help with is not having to have a website, a Facebook page, an Instagram to constantly update in order to get clients, um, but also have a way to beautifully and easily showcase, these are the services that I provide. This is what I'm good at. Here's how you can reach me. So that is what we tried to produce on LiveX. And uh, that's what I'm I'm hoping we can help with and going forward in the future as we continue to grow. What do you think that we can do better in the sport as a whole to be, I guess, like more welcoming and grant more access to individuals into the equestrian world? I think there are a lot of things that we can do. Some people might be more in the position to do more than others, right? Like we were just talking about those, those young trainers at that point, you just got to grow your business. (laughs) You got to focus on, on getting some revenue in and, you know, kind of uh, being in the green there. I think for those who have, you know, made it a little bit more, maybe have a fuller barn, there are some potential for pro bono days that you can market at like local schools, things like that. Just say, Hey, like we're going to give, you know, two or three, you know, free, like 30 minute lessons and have it be a group lesson or something of that sort to kind of help people get involved. There are a lot of charities that do this on a local basis. So definitely worth doing some research there. Um, And just as an industry in general, I think we're starting to make this turn where we're seeing a lot of new ways of riding, new ways of caring for horses, new ways of holding events, and just being open to that and realize as professionals, it's better for all of us that we have more people coming into the sport. It will benefit us on Mm -hmm. a global level if the sport is growing and we have a lot of t- young, like really talented riders coming in that can show up at these shows and be like, Hey, you know, I can do this too. So I think it's, it's a mentality as well as taking action, finding those places where you can make a difference and doing so. Right. Being a trainer, uh, I know for me specifically working with a couple clients who are junior riders, high school age, and I feel like there's been such an influx again of popularity with riding on a college team. I feel like when I was looking at schools, it, it wasn't very popular. Um, and now like it's there's definitely like a whole big swing and, and push of college riding, which I think is so exciting and really important in the industry because it's just a different a, like a different dynamic of riding. And um, I'm 
a big supporter of it. What has been your, have you had any experience with LiveEc and um, maybe helping connect college coaches or potential riders to schools? Is that something that you think, you know, would be needed or something that would work in the LiveEc infrastructure? What, do you have any thoughts on that or experience there, things that you've heard about in terms of college riding? We've definitely been exposed to it quite a bit and yeah. I'm very excited to see these young riders as well. Um, they're so good and <laughs> just yeah. so young, so much potential there. But yeah, we are looking at a couple of different partnerships to kind of pull both the riding academies at the school and the potential student together. And really mostly when they're finished with that program mm -hmm. is a lot of where we come in. Uh, they, when they're doing their application process and they're looking for those schools, they can typically find themselves in the equestrian bucket. But when you're done with that four year situation, where are you going to go? Are you going to get a job in the quiet industry? It, are you not, but still want to be able to ride? Right. That's really where we've been fitting in and the message that we've been trying to get to a lot of these, uh, these, you know, young riders is, Hey, when you're done, you have a place to go. It's right. not a you don't have to struggle. You don't have to freak out and, you know, call people and say, Hey, do you have a spot for me and my horse? You can plan that six months in advance and be okay. Yeah. I love that. What would you say is something you're passionate about in the industry that you feel people either don't talk a lot about or don't know that much about? I would say probably the mental health and uh, not to, you know, just kind of <laughs> go back to the subject over and over again, but it really is something that I'm personally passionate about. It's yeah. I have a lot of great conversations about with, uh, I'm an adult amateur myself, um, you know, just kind of sitting over here in this comfortable world of riding, but I notice it quite a bit when I've had a really stressful week and I need that release going to the barn just fills me up, fills me up. Totally. It relaxes me. And I think there's a lot of really, really great stuff that we can uncover here and just continue to grow ourselves and, um, build great friendships at the barn. So. Agreed. I love that. Yeah. And anything that we can do to continue to make it easily accessible. I mean, again, like you said, there isn't much you can do about giving people more time. There isn't, right. there's, you know, we can continue to have conversations about the financial accessibility of it, but when it all comes down to it, I think doing what you can as a horse person and as a equestrian related business owner to make it to, you know, as accessible for people as you have in your power. And I think that's totally what you're doing with LiveEc. And so I really appreciate everything you're doing. And I thank you so much for coming on, Anne, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.